Good morning, Redemption Flagstaff. Great to be with you. Uh, we're here to open up the Word. I'm here with Pastor Anthony, and uh, we're excited to just be together and uh, jump into part two of this kind of mini two-part series and trying to navigate what what does it look like for us to approach this season, approach this time uh, in the midst of the potential division that we both see that a lot of people are bringing up. As you look at the landscape across our country, and what does it mean to reopen what does that mean for the church? How do we do that well amongst the differing opinions and yeah. thoughts and the, honestly the reality that we, we have an enemy and, and his name is Satan and evil and sin that would seek to divide in the midst of this. So uh, the goal was this. How do we take two weeks to, to posture our hearts and to learn from two of the church fathers, uh, namely Peter last week and Paul this week, um, about what does it mean? What would be their advice to us in this season for the way we treat one another, uh, the way we reopen and, and kind of pursue this? So um, really to summarize last week, 1 Peter 3.8, I think gives us the clearest kind of just picture of what Peter, I think, would encourage us in this time. And it's, it says this, it says, finally, all of you uh, have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. That there was this real move from Peter to try and encourage the people of God in the midst of their trial, in the midst of an enemy that would seek to divide and destroy, um, rather put this on, be, be this type of people and serve each other in the midst of that. And so that was last week. If you missed it, please go and, and check that out. Um, and then um, today we transition to Paul. Yeah. And so uh, what would be Paul's advice to us? Yeah, in I, mean, this I, th well, I think what's going to be, so we're going to go through today, we're going to go through Romans 12, 13, 14, and we're not going to read all of it, but we're going to be in a lot of it. We're going to be summarizing it. And there's even going to be parts you're going to wish we'd spent more time on that we just don't have time on for, to, for today. Um, but we're going to see how Paul roots 12, 13, 14 in worship and worship plays out in love of one another right and it plays out uh in unity amongst each other in, in a variety of ways and so i want to read kind of the just like what romans 12 13 and 14 is rooted in which is verses one and two yeah um so it says this i appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of god to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So uh, that's, that's the basis for today. So even Paul's language of worship right. isn't singing necessarily, although I'm sure that encompasses part of it. it. Yeah. There, there's a lot more to it, and, and particularly around the idea of unity. Yeah, I think, and when you, when you center, and even like the whole, the whole lens, right? Like the the way we're going to view the, the whole of what we'll talk about today, these next few chapters, is through the lens of of what Paul is encouraging the Roman church here to, which is one, uh, your life, my life, our lives as the people of God are meant to be lived as living sacrifices. Like, so we're alive, we walk, we, we do life, we wake up, we take care of our kids, we hang yeah. out with the roommates, that type of stuff. We live life, but perpetually we're living in this state of, but how do I lay it down? Like, what does sacrifice look for me in the yeah. midst of my living? Um, and then God approves of that. Like, that's what he wants to see. That is yeah. our worship. And then and then the, set, the part two, like that second verse, 
is really important. And it was important for the church during that season, and certainly for us now, that in the midst of that, there's this contrast with the world that says, hey, we live lives of living sacrifice. That's not what the world is trying to call you to, right? They have a different, non-neutral stance in what life should be about. And so even then when Paul's talking, and for us now, we have to realize that the church is called to live some of an alternative way, a different way that conforms ourselves to the image and will of God, the scriptures, as opposed to even like the most sound wisdom of the world will pale in comparison to us seeking the Lord, being about the Lord's business, uh, the will of God and the Bible, right? And so just living in that tension of it makes sense. You, we should have disagreement with the world and do things a bit differently. Yeah. And, and in that, unity kind of rises up as this like massive, this is going to look way different than the rest of the world, Yeah. right? So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, let's before we get into it, let's just pray. Let's pray together at home. Pray as well. Pray that we would hear from God and that we would be we would have hearts that want unity and unity amongst us. Yeah. Let's pray that the Spirit really does something. So will you guys pray with me. Um, God, thank you so much for your Word. Thank you that uh, we have not just one New Testament author speaking on the idea of unity but that we have a couple. We actually have more than yeah. a couple. Uh, this is a huge characteristic that you have for us as a church, God. And so as we get into this, Holy Spirit, teach us. Holy Spirit, form our hearts. Holy Spirit, change our hearts. Holy Spirit, I think a lot of us would say, yes, we love these things. We love these things we're talking about. But I think, Holy Spirit, that we often uh, don't live these things out or we don't apply them in the areas where we need to apply them in our lives. And so help us to do that well. Help us to find unity in, in all these different ways that we see in Romans 12, 13, and 14. God, we need you for this to, to, to go well, speak through us, fill us with your spirit, uh, and let us learn from you today, God. We love you. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So church, what we're going to see today in Romans 12, 13, and 14 each chapter takes kind of a different approach to what unity for the church can look like. Right. And so in, in chapter 12, we're going to see what unity can look like in our differences. Right. In, uh, in our difference, really. Uh, in ch- chapter 13, we're going to see what unity looks like in our submission. Right. And in chapter 14, we're going to see what unity looks like in our disagreement, mm-hmm. even. So, uh, Vince, kick us off. Let's look at Romans 12. Start teaching us, showing us yeah. what does unity in our difference look like. Yeah, yeah. So in, in the midst of this, there's just this great line that you, you maybe people have heard before, but that unity is not uniformity, right? That yeah. those that we, We're not talking about everyone looking exactly the same, saying everything exactly the same yeah. way. This isn't this authoritarian, yeah. like everything has to be I'm like... I'm glad we didn't wear the same shirt. I know, this which week. is always like, a risk. Been bad it's literally this. always yeah. a risk. So... Um, for those of you who don't know, like Anthony and I, we, we used to be part of a t-shirt subscription service. We have like 70% of our wardrobe is the exact same because we shop at Old Navy and we have a subscription t-shirt service. So that being said, unity is not uniformity, right? Like we're not, this is not a call to being the same. It's yeah. a call to in the midst of not being the same, yeah. we, we still pursue unity. And so Paul's going to address this here. 
in, in the start of chapter 12, from <clears throat> 3 to 8, talking about the beauty of one body. We are one unit. Yeah. We have different members with different functions. Yeah. And so in the midst of that, that shouldn't surprise us, that yeah. there is difference amongst the people of God. There is not uniformity. It's saying in the midst of us being a body with different parts, different gift giftings, yeah. different experiences even, we still pursue unity. And that's where we want to zoom in on Romans 12, starting in verse 9 here. So I'll read that for us, um, and then then Anthony will break it down a bit for us. So um, if you have your Bibles, again, turn to Romans 12. We'll be in verse 9 here to start. But it says this, talking about that same body with different parts, pursuing unity, verse 9. It says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, church, Christians, redemption, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry... Feed him. This is your enemy, right? If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Beautiful passage. There's a ton there. Unity in the midst of our difference. What's Paul teaching us for this season now? Yeah, man. I wish we could just read that passage over and over again. There's just yeah, so just, many ways to... I'll do it. So, let, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's just... It is yeah, so passive. Right. There's just so many things there. Each one of those commands could be, like, of sermon by itself. And I think it just shows that... Paul, so, Paul just... He's saying, man, the body of believers, they're different. We're pretty different. We have different giftings. We have different ways of doing things. And in, in light of all that, we all do this. We are all doing these things together. Okay. There's a unity yes. in how we carry ourselves. There's a unity in what we value. There's a unity in how we love each other. That's good. And so I think that's, that's the biggest thing is that even in our differences, the way that we love, the way that we carry ourselves, the things that we value, that's where we're going to find unity as the church. That's right. Like God, God affirms those differences because he's made them yes. in us. But then I love, like, in, in most of your Bibles, it's going to yeah. say in the bold letters above this section, like, marks of a true Christian. Like, yeah. we're, that we're all this type of people. Yeah. Right. No. And so I, 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 I love this passage. I love what it teaches us. I love how it convicts me. I even was thinking through how a lot of these commands to love are, they feel almost aimed at love amidst difference, right? Love, yes. love your enemy. Let your love yes. be genuine right away. The genuine love is hard to do with someone that you feel is so different than you. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's what Paul was trying to do there. But as we've been studying this and looking through this, I just couldn't help but see that love is harder when there's difference. 
at least maybe not for everybody, but I think for a lot of people. Yeah. And dude. so I think that we should, again, we should be convicted by that. We should let that form us. I, I was thinking about this passage and I was thinking about, um, man, I would love if this became like a filter or foundation for us as Christians and even for the rest of the sermon and yeah. how we do things and how we value things and how we love one another. Uh, I, I was I was thinking about this kind of example in particular. It, our email system, I don't know if you guys know this, but the redemption email system, uh, basically, if you try to email us something cussing us out or saying anything... Uh, <laughs> it's uh, happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not- <laughs> yeah you're, it's going to get kicked back to you or it's yeah. going to say, like, this email didn't get to them. And same uh, the other direction, too. Like, right. if we are trying to say something crazy, it's going to stop us from saying something crazy. That has not happened, I don't We believe. haven't so, done that. So... so but. Uh, he doesn't get kicked back for you are amazing. We love you. God yeah, bless yeah, you. Yeah. We're praying for so, you. Uh, yeah, like yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I was thinking about that filter, and I was just thinking, like, what if like this passage in Romans could be a filter for us Christians? Like, what if we had oh, some right, sort yeah, of yeah. like a technology <laughs> yeah. where we could we could plug in this passage to right, right. our social media, and anytime we com- commented something or said something like. The, the, right. that this technology was so amazing it could examine our heart and go like was your heart valuing the right thing was your heart loving the right way were you loving yeah the like right Facebook way? would set and, up an algorithm yes right there, and yeah. then kick it back and be like you can't make that you can't comment you that's can't, not that's not a mark yeah, of a true Christian. you can't even yeah, like that post you can't like all these kinds of you can't do oh, wow. this can't wow. do that and then yeah. I was like man this would be awesome if you could apply it to not just a social media like what if there was uh, this I was getting crazy with the uh, example here, but what if you could apply it to your thoughts? Like, what if you could put a fil- filter on, I don't know, like Apple Watch situation, and every time you had a thought that was contrary to this, it would just kick it back and be like, hey, don't be Not thinking Apple. that. Don't right. be thinking that. Right. Or, or, or our actions. Every time we did something, the filter would be on there go, hey, this isn't love. This isn't, yeah. this isn't. A little buzzer a goes good, off or yeah. something like that. Yeah, you're yeah, electrocuted. I don't know. But I was just thinking like. <laughs> just get tased. Yeah, I was just thinking that would be, that would be an awesome technology for the church. I think, honestly, a lot of people in our church would sign up. They'd be like, okay, I'm down. Like, yeah. I want to love this way. And then I began to realize, like, we do have that. Like, we do have that in a sense. Like, the promise of the Holy oh, Spirit right. in yes. us is that filter. Yes. And if you Bob, if you're the kind dude. of person that goes like, man, I just I don't really commune with the spirit. Got you, I don't though. really yeah. I don't <laughs> I mean, really hear wow. I don't yeah. really hear from the spirit in that way. Like we have God's word. We have this passage. Like we we can study this and know this. We can put That's the really words good. up in our house. We can That's do really whatever. Good. And so I was just thinking, man, I will, even for the rest of the sermon as we think through this stuff, is it does it fit this filter? Does yeah. it fit this and we have that filter because the spirit lives in us and we have the word here that reminds us what the spirit wants to teach us and so yeah i was just thinking that would be kind of a cool way for the church to have unity in love right and values and, and character right right um no that's really because yeah. I, I feel like it's it's easy for us to feel like we can we can kind of hide behind you know like we can hide by all hide behind all sorts of stuff but we hide behind this idea of uh, but I don't have that filter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, I'm, and, and you get different lines that kind of flow out of out of you. Like, oh, I'm just telling it like it is, you yeah. know? Or no, I'm the truth you know what, teller. You no, know I hear a lot. I hear a lot. Of people go, you're, oh, you're just compassionate. 
you're compassionate. That's why you're oh, not yeah. like I know me. that you love that. Yeah, I, I hate it because, and here, here's why I hate it, church. I, I, I think most people, when they say it to me, they're, they're being kind, actually, right, and right. they're being encouraging. But part of why I hate it is like, you don't know my heart, actually. It is yeah. a discompassionate heart <laughs> right. that only God... I fought for that compassion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the God fought for that compassion right. and worked that in me. But, yeah. yeah. So. No, that's really true because it's, it's oftentimes a situation where it's like... Uh, there's a there's there's this real pain over here. It's a hard person to love or something. Yeah. You've stepped in that. Well, Anthony, I could do that because this is yeah. you're so compassionate. You're like, yeah. no, Jesus is compassionate, yeah. and Jesus calls us to live a life of living sacrifice, yeah. which means live the life of Jesus. Yeah. There, there's not an excuse, and that's what I love about what you're saying is, it's when Jesus when he dies yeah. when he raises, and then he leaves. Right. It's it's not see you forever. Like see you yeah. in heaven. It's now I'm gonna live with you in in you forever, yeah. right? And so and it's gonna be better for you, better for you. Yeah, and better so for the church, <laughs> that, better, like yeah. that reality of the Holy Spirit Church is so massive. And that just if we can be as clear as possible, that dwells inside you if you are a follower of Jesus. And it is that filter that that Anthony's talking about. Like it is this person. It is God in us saying this is right, this is wrong, be like this, be like this, yeah. be like, don't do that, you know? And yeah. so I think there's, there's no place to hide in the midst of yeah. it, you know? And um, and this makes it super difficult, yeah. um, but also then super easy because we're not on our own yeah. in this and we can actually live this way. Yeah, I think for for us to do this well, some of us just need to commune with the Spirit and just pray and spend time with God and just ask him to change our hearts and to remind us of these things. And I think that's why sometimes for some of us, this is so difficult because we're just, we're not abiding in God. We're mm-hmm. not spending time yeah. communing with the spirit. So I, that that's a lot in Romans 12. I think that's a great foundation for yeah. us and how we can be united in love in character and values. Uh, how, how does Romans 13, let's move to Romans 13. How does Romans 13 show yeah. us a unity in our submission? Yeah. Um, so, so let's let's read the text. Let's let's open right. up the Bible uh, again. If you have have your Bible with you, turn mm-hmm. to Romans thirteen. I'm just going to read verses one through seven, uh, and then we'll we'll talk about it for a little bit. So All it right. says this. Uh, it says, "Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God." Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who's in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore... One must be in subjection, not only to God's, to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, and honor to whom honor is owed. And, and look, this, like, this, isn't, this isn't our favorite passage and yeah. it's so funny because I've, I've talked to different people about this and they're like you, depending i mean it's it's 
depending on where you're at and kind of the whole political scheme or whatever, but you're like, yes, yes, yes. And then usually you get to taxes, you're like, wait a minute. You're like, that's the line where it's like, no, go get them. Like, put like justice, because we never think we're the problem. Like, we never think the justice needs to be enacted on us. It's always somebody else. But then when it's like, yeah, but you need to pay taxes. Ah, okay. Like, now this has gone too far. So anyway, that being said, that's a difficult reality in any season in any year but let's let's be honest and real 2016 2020 going back 2008 2012 like the last 20 years of american politics and rulers and authorities and leaders not just at the political governmental level but local and all around there seems to be this mistrust in all this yet god's calling us to a united posture so i I, maybe i'm getting i'm going too far ahead here but just really maybe starting do we have this posture amongst us right yeah. now? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm going to kick some of this back to you because I think, I think you've been very thoughtful this, uh, about this. Uh, and I'm still wrestling with this chapter in general. But I, I, I think that we have this posture. We use this passage. We kind of cherry pick with this passage. So we almost, I think, use this passage to support the things we want to support. Uh, meaning the things we think we should submit to, Romans 13. The things we don't think we should submit to, right. rebellious heart, revolution, like all right. that kind of thinking. Yes. And so I, I don't know if we truly have this posture. Yeah. I think we want to, but I think being part of this culture, we, we don't, and we only apply it where we want to apply it. And so, I, I mean, part of the, how I want to kick it back to you is, I, what do you do? What do you do when you disagree with what the government's doing? What does this look like when you disagree with? And I, I'm thankful that in our country, like you, speaking up is okay. Like that's something they encourage, and that it's like a, a right that we have. But even that, like, what what does all that look like for us? Because sometimes I feel like some Christians are like, well, on this issue. Don't speak up on that issue. Yes, you can speak up. And so, what? What is like, yeah? The, the what, freedom. Everyone has lines on where they think that freedom should, should be. Yes, stopped. exactly. Let's be honest. So, with all those kinds of tensions in mind, that we could spend a whole sermon or even sermon series on just Romans thirteen. Yeah. Briefly, could you like? How would you unpack? Okay, when I feel like the government's doing something wrong. Yeah. How do I submit to that? How does this? How does Romans thirteen look for me and Christians when I disagree with the government? Yeah, and so there's a couple layers to this, and, and we're really driving towards what we think Paul is even driving yeah. to the Roman church to, which is to unity in the midst of that submission. Yeah. But we really have to navigate what does that submission look like to really kind of that approach, well, then how do we be unified around it? So, look, it, when there is, uh, and it's classic line, this isn't revolutionary, look, when, when, when the government is asking or calling for sinful acts, yeah. right, um, the church needs to unite in rebellion. Yeah, and this is like right? Acts 5, you see something like right, this. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And throughout the script, there's moments yeah. where, um, I mean, so you'll mm-hmm. even read, we, we read Peter last week. Peter is experiencing the greatest persecution of the church. You know, like literally Nero is, is burning temples down and killing Christians. And he, even in the midst of First Peter, saying, yeah. yeah, but we submit to the authorities in the midst of this yeah. as well in, in the right areas. Yeah. Because... Nero wasn't asking Christians to kill Christians, so there wasn't this issue where they had to rebel against that, right? 
They were saying, no, we're going to submit to the authorities because we really believe God's word. Like, we really believe that God is sovereign and appoints and does this. And so in those disagreements, if, if there's a disagreement with the governing authorities that is sinful, the whole church needs to be united in rebellion. And, and them wanting us to sin specifically. Yes, yes, yes exactly. Yeah, yeah. So not necessarily, right, that, uh, that they're calling... So, so for example, so like with the Nero example, right? Nero is, is literally sending out uh, soldiers to kill Christians, yeah. right? So this, we, 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 the church then, Peter wasn't saying like, hey, just when they come, like don't hide yeah. or, you know what I mean? Like be, yay, come kill me. Yeah. He's saying, no, there's other things that, that the governing authorities in that time are asking you to do. Do those things, yeah. right? Um, but don't do these things that are right, just clearly against God and His kingdom and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, that isn't asking you to sin. And so, but are, if there are those moments, you know, church, the church needs to be united in, in our rebellion. But when those things aren't there, the church needs to be united in their submission. You know, yeah. which is a really, I mean, it's a really difficult task. But the key is is not trying to say we're all going to land in the same place with every single decision politically that any leader makes over us. But it, what, what Paul's trying to do is reframe our place in this world to say, no, in the midst of it, let us not forget Romans 12, 1 and 2. You live now as a living sacrifice in the kingdom of God. Your citizenship is in heaven. Yeah. It's not here on earth. So do not be conformed to the way the world does things. Yeah. So when the world submits to things, that doesn't mean that we naturally just submit to things. Mm. We, we take things through and put it through the lens of the kingdom of God. When, when the world says we're going to rebel, we don't necessarily rebel. right? Yeah. Like we, we, we literally have a different lens for what submission looks like and what rebellion looks like. But above both of those things, Paul is calling the church to unity. Yeah, and I, so, I, I even just kind of wonder if it would look more like the way our submission would be more united. That might look more more so the same if we were united on passages like this and believe that oh, maybe yeah. I'm sure that there would be differences. And I think that kind of gets us to Romans 14 is, okay, what do we do? How do we have unity? when we have disagreements. So what does unity look like yeah. in our disagreements? And I, so here's Romans 14, just a little summary church, cause we don't have time to, to read through a lot of it. And we're gonna read through some of it here in a minute. But Romans 14, essentially there was the, the, this food that was being sacrificed, these animals being sacrificed to idols. Yes. And some in the church were like, God's made all food clean, right. grub up, right? And then uh, that's, grub, the, that's grub the Hebrew. I mean, that's the Greek. <laughs> that's so the Greek, yeah. That shows up. <laughs> um, so take, eat, you know? And then some of the church was like, dude, that was used in worship of a fake God. That's not Yahweh. Like, right. you know, we, we, can't, we can't eat that stuff. Yeah. And, and so there was a disagreement here. And it does seem Paul says, like, eh, you, you can eat it, right? Yeah, yeah. right. And so uh, you, you love to often make the joke he calls vegetarians the weaker faith people at that point look he does say it there's no way to get around it literally like if you read your scripture it says you know he who does not eat meat has a weaker faith yeah so so it does not mean that about vegetarians there's more that's going yeah, on but that's know. not really what is being said it's talking to this specific situation and so so anyways there's a disagreement amongst christians instead of paul just coming in and going here's the answer he actually says Here's how you find unity 
in the midst of this. Th- this is what you do. Yeah. You essentially I love this. You disagree, but at times, abstain from eating for your brother because it might cause him to stumble. That's right. Uh, I, and and he's particularly speaking to the crowd that seems to like in in Paul's words understand the gospel more. Mm-hmm. And he says for that crowd. You especially yeah. don't freak out when they don't honor a certain day or when they don't eat things right. right. And, then, and then he says, but both people, whatever you're doing, make sure you're doing it unto the Lord. Make sure your conscience is doing yes. it for God's sake and because He, because you're, you're trying to be faithful to him. And so Paul says, in the midst of disagreement, there are going to be times where you don't do what you want to do yeah. for the sake of love. Oh, man. That that's how unity happens. Yeah, that's that even nice. when you are say, literally say that again. Yeah, there are going to be times right. for the sake of unity and love where you don't do what you want to do. Right, that's good. And so, uh, even when you're right, there are going to be times yeah, when you are really right. Good. Yeah, when you are right on the theological issue, and God is going to call you to do something contrary. Uh, and theological, practical issue. It's yeah. not just not, not just a doctrinal deal, but really yeah. even in practical life too, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, contrast this yeah. for us because there, I think right. it's still nuanced. I think yeah, it's still nuanced. so I mean, that's the thing. And that's why the beauty, that's why we're, we're preaching this 12, 13, 14. They, they, yeah. It's a packaged unit because some of you might even, if they go back, or not even go back, but they're just, they heard what we said about 13 and right now, there's a bunch of like, but what about this? And what about this? And what about this? Yeah. And hear me, like that, we're not doing that right now. And so yeah. there's there's lots of nuance to talk about in various issues when it comes to submission to the authorities. Yeah. So so don't hear, don't put blanket statements on what we're saying. The blanket statement we're making is is that unity is the priority of the people That's of God good. in yeah. the midst of the difference, which is what gets worked out in 14. Yeah. But there's going to be times where the issue is so severe. Like yeah. it, it is such a big deal that you do need to speak up and yeah. you do need to say, no, this isn't right. And I'm going to call you out. Yeah. The, the classic story of this, the contrast to what you learn in Romans 14 is Galatians 2. If you're not familiar with the story um, in Galatians 2, Peter, uh, who we studied last week, who, you know, like one of the fathers of the faith, right? Just champion of Jesus um, is sitting down with uh, the Judaizers and sitting down with these Jews that, and then in so doing would not eat with the Gentile Christians. And so Paul walks in and sees Peter's hypocrisy. He sees that Peter is playing into this false narrative that the Gentile Christians aren't really Christians. I mean, there's a lot of just different ethnic issues, uh, racial issues even yeah. you could say in that moment that are at play in Galatians 2 and Paul comes in and he sees this and in the middle of the dinner calls Peter out and says like Peter like what are you doing yeah. this is not the way this is not Jesus yeah. this is not the gospel if you know anything about the letter to the Galatian church um it's it's often taught it's like this great letter from Paul about the gospel like yeah. how do you root yourself in the power of the gospel justification all that stuff and so um, there are moments like Galatians 2, and then there's moments like Romans 14. Praise God, we have the Spirit of God to decipher which one's which. Yeah. Um, and I, here's the real thing. 
it takes practice and time. It takes wisdom and wise yeah. counsel. It takes listening and learning. It takes all of that to be able to walk in. Is this a Galatians 2 moment? Yeah. Like, do I need to call my brother out in this because they're doing something that is so egregious to the yeah. kingdom of God and to Christ himself? This needs to be brought up. Or is it, you know what? I'm, I'm right. Like what you're saying, I'm right. Romans 14, I'm, I'm correct even. But because of love and a pursuit of unity, I'm going to lay that down. And I would say one of the main markers in the difference is the story in Galatians 2 would have split the church, yeah. right? Would have kept the church divided and would have destroyed unity. Yeah. And so again, what you see, what's the difference between Romans 14 and Galatians 2? There's actually not a difference. They're the same story of both Peter, of, of Paul in both circumstances, trying to preserve the unity of God's people, yeah. right? In Galatians 2, I had to speak up because there's real egregious problems. In Romans 14, I'm preserving unity by not saying something. No. And, and so really in both stories, unity is king. Yeah. Yeah. I think we just want uh, input, output. We want black and white. But even Romans 12, it starts off in verse 2 saying, by testing, you might discern what That's is great. the will of God. And so I think there's there's aspects of this and figuring out. Luckily, we have examples from Paul. And so, yeah, this is just beautiful example of, okay, for whatever reason, this eating of idols and this disagreement here, that wasn't a big enough issue to yeah. to stand up to it, to change it, to overturn it. This issue in Galatians, Paul is like, this is a gospel issue. The fact that you guys aren't eating together, that's a gospel issue. Right. And so when things, especially I think when they affect our relationships deeply like that, uh, it's a gospel issue for us. And so, yeah, I, I, thanks for fleshing that out. I think that's super helpful. Yeah. So for this us... radical pursuit of yes. unity. Like, and, and, that, and we have to understand, like, this... This is abnormal, yeah. and it doesn't seem to make sense to yeah. us that we're going to choose unity with our brothers and sisters over being right. That's, that's just not the way I was raised. Yeah. And believe me, it's not the way I want to live. It's not the way I choose enough Amen. to act. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Uh, no, so I mean, like, this is, uh, it's that same thing. If people yeah. are like, oh, you're so compassionate. It's like, no, I'm not, yeah, you know, yeah. and... And I, I am not in my nature a seeker of not being right and dying to self and yeah. living sacrifice in the places. I, I want to assert when I'm right. Yeah. I want to win. But Paul's like, no, man. Yeah. Like, unity trumps, triumphs over yeah. these realities. That's good. Yeah, so, I mean, so for me, Romans 14 has been a huge passage in my life for, for having better relationships and in, with my brothers and sisters in Christ because there are times where I don't do something because I know it's going to cause them to stumble in sin in some way. I know there's people I'm really close to that I I don't do certain things because I know they're going to stumble in sinful judgment of right, me. Right. And I so and they're wrong. They're I know that they're yeah, wrong theologically. Yeah. I have theological verses, Bible verses to back my up my statements and things that I think but I say, you know what, this thing, uh, I'm not going to do it because I know it's going to be too hard for them to not judge me. In the same instance, there are things I don't do, uh, in, that, and I think this is what Romans 14 would say, there are things I don't do because I know that if I do them, there'll be temptations and lures for right. other people. Yeah. And that's kind of going on here too. And so there are things that 
I will stay away from at times Mm -hmm. so that I don't lure a brother or sister in Christ, even though, as Paul puts it here, have the weaker faith. And I think that's, that's, like you said, it's just contrary. It's just not how we live. Yeah. Now, I want to bring up two two kind of things here in this. This is exciting. Yeah, this is, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. No, so I think like, I think here's here's a good example for how we look at a Romans 14 issue for how we look at a Galatians 2 issue. Yeah. I think that how people want to reopen right now, as that's the phrase being used, I think that's a Romans 14 issue. I, this is good. I think I see what you're doing, yeah. in Galatians 2, an issue that's more like a Galatians 2 issue where we stand up and we speak out. Yeah. I think racism is a Galatians 2 issue. Yes. When we see racism happening, when we see things happening because of racism, we speak out. Right. Even though there sometimes in the church, especially around racism, there is sharp disagreement. And right. there it feels like disunity. Yeah. Um, and so I think those are both things that we've been talking through and and all of us experiencing the last few weeks in our world. And so I would love for you, especially since we're trying to think what in this season does it mean for us to to live into and speak into this Romans 14 issue to speak to reopening. And then I'll say this actually too. If you didn't get a chance to see it, we posted on Facebook this past week uh, Tyler Johnson, our lead pastor of All Redemption, his message yeah. uh, about what happened to Ahmad um, Anberry, Arberry, Arberry. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, and how there's repenting on our part as the church that's needed, um, and how we do not weep with those who weep appropriately. Yeah. And I, I that is a great way for us to apply Galatians two and look through that. That's something that we're going to speak on, talk through. Yeah. But now with reopening, how do you apply Roman, uh, Romans fourteen to reopening, which is also kind of this controversial issue yeah. happening right now? Yeah. Um, I would. I concur with your assessment in that for sure. Like I think this reopening issue, um, and, and you know, I said this earlier. Different churches are opening at different times, yeah. and. And we're going to support them. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to say, like, okay, you do that. And we're going to trust you, brothers and sisters, to make those decisions that are best for your community, even though they might not be the decisions we make for a a litany of reasons, right? Because we are the church, right? And this this is an issue of it's not that they're... We're fearful and they're not, which you, you've heard that narrative. It's not an issue of uh, we care more and they don't. It's like, no, no, those are things, hear me, those are implanted, from my opinion, those are implanted by Satan. Yeah. Like, they're literally evil thoughts yeah. when we start thinking our church, our community, me as a Christian, I'm careful and I care more than you do. That's just... I know these brothers and sisters yeah. that are choosing to do do a different route than, than potentially we will. And they care deeply, yeah. right? They love deeply. And so I think in, the, in this, it's, it's Romans 14 because it's, again, like we're going to choose unity over all of these other little things that could be stuff we could bicker about because that's who we are, right? Yeah. Like, that's just a vision for the church. And um, there's a great passage. I want to read it to you. A couple quick things. Um, one, we're going to read this passage from Romans 14 uh, from the message, which is uh, this thing from Eugene Peterson. And so uh, let me go ahead and open that up, and, uh, and I'll read this to us real quick. 
So it says here in, in Romans 14 from the message again, so where does that leave you when you criticize a brother? And where does that leave you when you condescend a sister? I'd say it leaves you looking pretty silly or worse. Eventually, we're all going to end up kneeling side by side in the place of judgment facing God. Your critical and condescending ways aren't going to improve your position there one bit. And look, the message, if you're not familiar with it, it's Eugene Peterson kind of took the scriptures and kind of wrote it in very modern day language. It's meant to be kind of more of a commentary on for us to understand. But the language there is just so helpful and explicit. Like, what good and what value is it to tear down a brother or sister over a debatable matter like this, which is, is where we put it? And so um, uh, one of our other pastors in Redemption... He took part of Romans 14, a classic part of Romans 14, and rewrote it for our season. We loved it. And so we wanted to share it with you all today as well. And so I'm going to read this as well, and then we'll do last little bit of chat in here, and then we'll wrap up. Um, But he says this. So this is kind of the COVID-19 translation of Romans 14. And it says this. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but do not quarrel over opinions. One person believes he should wear a mask, while another not. Let no one who keeps social distancing despise the one who abstains. And let no one who abstains pass judgment on the one who keeps distance, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand." One person esteems businesses opening as better than the shutdown, while another doesn't see it like that. Each one does it to honor the Lord. The one who doesn't follow these recommendations in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then... Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For as it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. So, again, just taking kind of this modern-day debate and saying, hey, like, this is where we would couch what this reopening stuff looks like. Because the pursuit of this, it's not, hear me, this isn't don't have discussions, don't share your opinions, do all of that. But we do it from a place of... 1 Peter 3, 8, brotherly love, affection, humility, yeah. all of that. We do it from a, a lens of Romans 12, 1 and 2, yeah. from everything we saw in, in the rest of Romans 12. That's the spirit that we speak. Instead of what's, what's being brought up here, let's be very clear, is do not despise your brother or sister yeah. because of this. Yeah. Like That's not who we're called to be. We're called to pursue unity. Don't let this... Don't let this be a, div- a dividing issue. Like, don't right. let it be that. Yeah, because it, it shouldn't be. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it, it's, it's, it doesn't glorify God. It doesn't unify the church. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it doesn't help the witness of yeah. God's people. And both parties, uh, like on both sides, they, they usually, I think they are fe- feeling like they're trying to 
be faithful in 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 different ways, Massive. in certain ways. Yes. And so, if they're if it's as opposed, one side is like I'm trying to be faithful this way. The other side is I'm trying to be faithful this way. Let's, right. Since we don't have Bible verses that can spell this out for yeah, us, right, exactly. Yeah. I, we that's part of why this is a little bit more of a, a we think a debatable thing. Yeah. And we've talked we've talked about this issue before. You and I have just COVID nineteen has disproportionately and in massive ways affected urban poor communities, minority communities across our country. Like it's massively different what's being what's happening in those communities versus more kind of affluent communities. And so um, what's happening is you get from both sides of the political spectrum on both sides of the issue, you have those saying, hey, we need to stay shut down and closed because we want to love and bless those urban poor minority neighbors because they're being decimated. So we need to stay back. But then you have brothers on the other, brothers and sisters on the other side, churches on the other side saying, you know, we need to open up because, you know, the economy, it's tied through everything. And the best way to serve the urban poor communities, the best way to serve the minority communities is, is to come back and bring jobs going again and get the economy going again. Because the narrative of, well, this side's doing this because this yeah. reason and vice versa. No, as you sit down, you have these conversations both sides are truly like, no, I want to love my neighbor, yeah. right? Now, are there people out there that aren't thinking that, that way? It, that yeah. are twisting it. And sure, on yes, both sides. Yes, on both sides, yeah. absolutely. Um, but and if this our, was a Galatians yeah. 2 issue, yeah. speak up, yeah, yeah. say stuff. This is this is a Romans 14 issue. So it's, no, don't, don't yell at each other. Don't yeah. fight. Don't allow Satan to get a foothold and divide us. Yeah, so. that's good. No, I think, I think that's helpful. I think... Uh, you know, church, our heart is unity. And even some of these things, as we flesh them out, there's aspects where we could be wrong or off on things. And um, we don't want to hear about it. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> no, we're, we're, we, we understand that there, there are wrestling things. But in the midst of that, we want to fight for unity. We want to root it in the foundations that we see in Romans 12. And when we want to live it out in these different ways in, in 13 and 14, Jesus, one of his last prayers for the church was that we would be united. Wow, yes. Because what Jesus himself, the Father, Son, and Spirit, God, he's united in who he is, and, and yet in three persons. And it's the divine mystery of the Trinity. Right. And so when we're united, we're reflecting that. We're showing who God is. Not only that, I think we're reflecting the gospel. Mm -hmm. Because the gospel is the story of God uniting with mankind Absolutely. again. Yes. This union with Christ that we have because of what Jesus did. And so when we do unity well, we're showing a picture of what our relationship with Christ is because Christ was willing to live holy on our behalf. He was willing to die for our sins. He, was, he came back to life in power to share that life with us so that we could be united in a life like his. And there's all this language throughout the scripture being united in a life like his, united in a death like his. Right. There's just unity is a huge yeah. part of the good news of the gospel. Yeah. And so when we live out unity in little practical ways, people see the, see the good news. 
They yeah. see that the good news has been brought to bear on our life. And so that this is this unity is a gospel issue. And how Absolutely. we live out unity, it's a gospel issue. And it's really important. And that's why we're we're talking about it. that's why we think it's important. And I'm sure there's a lot of us like, well, why are they even bringing these things yeah. up? We're talking about th- these things. And the reason why, because they're happening. <laughs> like, because they're happening. Yeah. And they're part of our church. And we want unity in our church. And we don't want to just kind of have a sort of church family that goes, ah, the yucky stuff. We're going to ignore that. We're not going to look at it. No, the, the hard stuff, we got to talk about it. And yeah. we got to be united. And we can be united because of the power of the gospel, because of the power of what Jesus did. So Right. I mean and that's and that going back to just where we started, like the thesis statement of the whole day was was to say there are differences. Yeah. Right? There is this submission, when do we do it, right? When submission, when rebellion. Yeah. And there are disagreements. Those yeah. things exist. But the scriptures and God and Paul here is saying in the midst of those, he acknowledges those exist. We're acknowledging they exist for you. That's absolutely true. Paul, the gospel, the kingdom of God moves the people of God to unity for God's glory, for our witness, and for your joy, church. And so I think that's just what we we wanted to press us into that as we continue to work through this season. Yeah. yeah. Will you, I opened us in prayer. Will you just close in prayer? Pray absolutely. that we can live this out well. That's great. God, um... Thank you for the church, not just ours, uh, not just redemption, but thank you for the church global. Specifically, thank you for the church in Flagstaff. I thank you for the unity that exists and that is growing amongst our communities. God, that we would pursue and seek after one church, one body, in the midst of our differences, disagreements, and navigating submission and, and all of these things, God, we we need your help. Like Anthony said, God, this is a gospel issue. We cannot do this without you. And so we thank you that you are with us, that you are our king, and that you have delivered us from evil. You have given us new hearts. You have made us new people. And God, we could be in any way faithful to what you've called us to. God, so please speak to us, convict us, Bless us and move us towards one another and grant us wisdom in this season as we pursue what does it mean for us to be a faithful church in the midst of all that's going on. God, we love you. We thank you. Be with us in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Church, God bless you. Uh, We're going to move into a time of response here in just a moment and then continue to sing and do all that. So we love you and we'll see you soon.